Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. 19, verse 105. So we'll be tonight, we've been in a uh, continual thought. Really, the thought is in the form of a question, God's Word is. Um, we, we began this series validating that it is God's Word, and, and what distinguishes His Word from, from other um, uh, other, um, I guess, documents of antiquity, and we know it's the inspired Word of God, and uh, what a blessing it is to have a, have a reliable copy of it. Amen? And uh, so we're just privileged to be able to open up His Word and uh, glean from it tonight. So Psalm 119, uh, verse 105 through verse uh, 112. Psalm 119, verse 105. If you've, if you've got there, say amen. Amen. All right. God's word says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and Teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statues always, even unto the end. Let's pray. Father, we Father, I'm humbled once again to stand behind this podium to speak about what your word is saying tonight. Father God, I pray that you help us as your children to be refreshed in the understanding that <clears throat> we, cannot, we cannot walk in such a way that pleases you outside of being influenced by your word. We, we cannot walk righteously, we cannot walk pleasing to you without knowing without spending time, without meditating, without applying your word as it pertains to our life. Father, I'll be the first one to apologize and just repent, even right here at times where life gets dark and the direction gets fuzzy. Um, the next step becomes uncertain. Uncertain. 
And Father, I just ask forgiveness of my own self that I would turn anywhere else to anyone else before I turn to your word. Father, your word is the supreme guide to our life. It's the supreme guide for the lost soul. It's the supreme guide for the saved, liberated soul by your grace. And I pray that we would just be renewed in that understanding about what your word is to us who are believers. Bless our time together And I pray this in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of God's children said, Amen. Um, Thinking about God's Word is, God's Word is excellent, would you agree? It's excellent. Um, and, And it is, I would say, our superior guide. Um. How many of y'all were able to be raised in a home where you had a mom and dad who were not ashamed of the Bible? Anybody? You ought to thank God for that. I mean, I was privileged to have parents who was not ashamed to have an open Bible. Had grandparents. I had great-grandparents who were not ashamed to have an open Bible. A Bible is more useful when it's open, right? Instead of closed. And if, you, if you've been raised in a family or you have family in your life that's impacted you in that sense that they, they've had an open Bible before you, uh, you need to thank God for those people. Amen? And we need families today that go forward with their Bible open. And we're going to learn, and you all know this verse. Gosh, you have known it by memory. We've, we've quoted it, used it in many different ways. This verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're talking to uh, the believer. Um, this really gives an overwhelming confidence in one particular resource, and it's and it's God's word. Um, I'm gonna. I don't have to tell you this for you to know this. We live in one dark world. We live in a dark world when we when we when there has to be legislation to decide who goes in which restroom. We're in a dark world. And I will say tonight, we are children of light. And if we are going to walk in a dark world, we're going to need some light cast our direction as well to walk as children of light. We need light to be children of light. We, we need guidance. We, we need direction. And God is not, you know, some... Um, sitting up in heaven laughing. Yeah, I sent them out there to be children of light, but you know, I'm not going to give them any kind of resource to be able to live for me while they live in that world of darkness. That is not the reality for you who are Christians. God has given you a resource called His Word. And it says here, His Word is a lamp and a light. And it's not a lamp or a light to be wasted. It's a lamp and a light that continually shines. But I will tell you, it will shine brighter for you when you keep it open. Amen? It's God's Word. It is our supreme. You have people that speak into your life. You have friends. You have uh, 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 former pastors, different ones that you can glean to. You've got a multitude of counselors. The Bible talks about that. All those are wonderful guides. But the Word of God itself is our supreme guide. 
And so I just pray as we, as we think on that tonight, if that is true, and it is, how much are you relying on it tonight? With, in context of your life, what's going on, the decisions to be made, you know, the, the, the phase of your family, the age that you're in, the season that you're in, how often are you going to this light source? You Listen, the Christian, as long as you're here, you're not in neutral. Some may act like they are, but we're not in neutral. We're in drive. We, we are always going forward. That being true, we need to know the next steps for our life. We need to know where to place our feet, spiritually speaking. We need to know how to lead our family forward. And thanks be to God, He's given us a reliable word. And why is it reliable? Because it's His. It's His, and it's eternal. I'm so thankful when I look at my boys, I know that the direction, the, the, the ability to direct my, that it has to direct my life has the same ability to direct their life. It doesn't, it doesn't phase out depending on the generation. It doesn't lose its ability because generational changes. It is a multi-generational beacon of light for us. I'm thankful for that. God's Word. Um... I will say this, it says here, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Dear Christian, I want you to know that a guide will always show up to lead you. I'm not saying it's always going to be the right one. But there will always be a guide. There will always be someone or something out there, just your own flesh, is going to try to lead and guide you. But there's only one source that truly is a lamp and a light to take you in the right direction. And it is God's word. When you can't turn anywhere else or you doubt everyone else, you should never, ever doubt the direction God's Word takes you. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're facing. It will, it will get you to that next step in your walk as a child of God. I'll say this. A life without a guide is a, li- is a life equal to being idle. We, we have a guide. That's what I said. The Christian life is not an idle life. So a life without a guide is an idle a life without a guide is an idle life. You're just gonna stand, you're not gonna move, you're not gonna do anything. But we have a guide. That's why when we stand before the Lord, we're gonna stand before a judge. Guess what actually is gonna be judging us? It's the very word, amen, that will be judging us. We have a light, we have a lamp, we have a guide. That means we are to go forward. Let me ask you a question. How eager are you to get direction? To get to somewhere physical. You want to get there in a timely manner, right? You want directions. One thing that I hate the most, one thing that will irritate me, and I, I really have to start dying to the flesh and yield to the Spirit, is when I pass up an exit and I'm going in the wrong direction, Brother Lowell. And uh, I, need some new, I need some new direction now. I got I to gotta find my way back. To, I need a, what's another route? How can I get there? And the amazing thing about God's Word, I don't care how, how twisted you get your route messed up. God, God knows how to untangle you from that route and get you back straight again. That's a beautiful thing about God's Word. I, and, and this is the only resource that can do that because it is divine. And I just, I, I have talked to people that's been in messes. I mean, they have got their life just a total mess they come to God's Word and God has given them new life and God has transformed their life and now their life is straight. All by the power of His Word. 
you notice this here, and we're going we're gonna to go through all these verses, but in verse, this very first verse, a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. It, we find this is the same light source, and it's doing two things. It, it is giving, it is giving uh, illumination to the step, but it's giving illumination to the step because that is the, st- that is the path to be on. There's been many times I've prayed about steps to take, you know, certain directions. And I never can get a piece about taking a step that direction. It's because that's not the direction God wants me to go. You can always rest assured that if God's shining light on a next step, you know that's the right path. You can rest assured that if God is illuminating that step, it is clear and there's peace, there's assurance about it, you know that's the right direction. There's a two-fold thing happening. He's letting you know that this step is a safe step. And when he's done that, you also know this path is a safe path. And so it's a beautiful, so not only are you in the present moment, you're, you feel safe and secure and you feel confident in God, you know that the, the steps that lie ahead are also going to be the safe place and confidence and, uh, you know, it is the right direction. Who likes to know you're, you're, you're going the right direction spiritually? Anybody? Um, and God's Word tells us whether we are or not. It is God's word. Again, we live in a dark world, therefore we need a light to help us take the next steps for God's glory. As we move on, I want you to go into verse, verse 106. I don't have main points for you tonight. I don't, just, just the title. So let's just go through this verse by verse by night, or, or verse by verse. It says, I have sworn, notice this. I have sworn and I will perform it. That I will keep the, thy righteous judgments. You might think, well, that sounds easy. You may think that sounds really easy. I want you to know what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying, regardless, regardless of the context around my life, regardless of the changes around my life, where I live, the culture, or whatever, the ethics of my life are not going to change. Look at verse 40, I have sworn, I will perform, I will keep thy righteous judgment. This is without, this is without uh, uh, no matter the circumstance, I will walk for you. I will walk for you. You say, well, that seems easy. You let your life change a certain way. You let certain things come in and out of your life, situations. You may find this harder to do. We find here, he says, because I have a lamp to my feet and I have a, I have a light to my path, I, I will keep thy righteous judgments. So he's saying my ethics are absolute. My ethics are absolute. I, I have seen, they're not within our denomination or, or, or you know, lined up with our beliefs fully, but I, I've seen, you know, even in this county, a particular denomination where they have pulled out of their association because things have changed in that denominational stand. In regards to the, the, um, the LGBT movement and the homosexual movement, those things, and they have, they have pulled away. Um, I know I won't mention the, the names, but I will say this. I commend, even though we may have some differences, I can commend those folks for remaining true to uh, 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 the right ethics, amen, and, and what is true. I can commend them on that. So I'm telling you, there is times in your life the steps you're going to take may be hard. 
And the psalmist is saying, I have one light to my feet. I have one light to my path. And I'm going to remain true in my ethics of my life. I don't care what happens. I don't care how my family may change. I don't care how my county may change. I'm not changing. That's the Christians we need. And guess what? That's the kind of Christian you can be. Why? Because we have a, we, in verse 105, I have a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. There's no reason to change your ethics. Be Christians. Be children of God. Be lights as we are, said we are, like a city set upon a hill cannot be hid. You look at verse 107, I am afflicted. And here's, now notice the progression here. And please notice this. You may say, yes, Brother Josh, I'm not going to change my ethics. I'm going to remain, you know, Christ-like. I, you know, uh, um, uh, truth is objective, not subjective. No, even though our world says differently, I'm going to remain sure-footed just like the psalmist. But notice what it promotes. It will promote more affliction. So just know that, dear Christian. When you stand sure-footed where the light is showing you to stand, and you make that and you make that known publicly by your life and your living and your speech, how you live, how you raise your family. Things can get tougher on you. Notice, now that he's made that declaration, I'm afflicted very much. But notice what he says, quicken me, right? Oh Lord, according unto what? Thy word. How many of you have voted? Uh, Weathered stressful seasons. I'm sure, sure every hand should be raised, right? I mean, we've all have weathered stressful uh, seasons in our life. But notice, please, and we're this is not a cliche sermon, so please don't take it like that. What notice what the psalmist is doing. He's saying, because I'm standing on where the light is shining, now that I have much affliction, and he says, So please, Lord, take all the affliction away not what he said it's not what he said at all he says i need you to quicken me i need you to put life in, in a sense in me i need you to renew me right oh lord according unto thy word i need i need you to i, I need uh, your word to come to me I, I need you to speak into my life i need renewal because i'm afflicted notice what he did not say he did not say remove the affliction because I decided in the previous verse that I'll deal with the affliction because I'm standing where the light is shining. Because God's word says this is where I should be and this is where I should go. So the affliction's okay, God, but just renew me. Help me. Help me not to lose my heart here. You ever had situations where they got so hard you thought you'd lose your heart? You thought you'd just get swallowed up in it. Life can, get, life can get that way if it's not already for you. It can't happen. But can I tell you something? There, 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 there is a voice, God's voice, that can so renew your heart. Folks, we have his word here as we pray and petition him as a psalmist is here. Oh, how God has the power to renew and steady, stabilize our hearts. When the world around us is trying to break them and shatter them and lose confidence in the one we say we trust. In other words, he's saying, arrest my mind with your words. Has anybody ever said something to you and it just tore you absolutely up? Anybody? 
You couldn't, that's the only thing you thought about the rest of the day, the rest of the week. Words are powerful. And I'll tell you this, as powerful as somebody's words may be, they could be a, uh, they could be a great encouraging word or they can be a very demeaning, arrogant, prideful, whatever kind of words they've used. I'll tell you right now, there is, one, there is one source, there is one word, if you will, that can trump and drown out the, the power of that negative word from somebody, and it is God's word. When, some, when someone's words are just controlling my mind and controlling my emotions, they're just ruining my day, I can go to this precious book. I can go to God's word and say, God, renew my heart. Because I'm tired of letting people just control me with their words. Nobody's ever done that. Well, you've not met the right person yet. Let me know when you meet them. That old saying is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a lie. That is such a lie. But I'll tell you right now, God's words are healing. They are healing. And so we see that in verse 107, according unto thy word. As you go on to verse 108, he says, except I beseech thee. Right? Receive this. Accept this. The free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. So what is happening here is this. We find in verse 107, Father God, I need, to be, I need my heart renewed by your word. And as you give me renewal, give me relief, Father, I pray that you receive my praises for that relief. God forbid that we as children of God, as we receive relief from this precious word, this living word, this beautiful resource, as we receive relief and renewal and restoration, all that it does for us in this walk of life, I pray that we never miss a moment where we... I pray we never miss a moment to praise Him. You see that in verse 8, this flow here. Except, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth. If you'll, um, you can go over to Hebrews 13. That's what it's talking Turn over there. Just turn over there just quickly and we'll go back to our text. But, but Hebrews, this is what Hebrews is talking about. Hebrews uh, 13, I think it is, in verse... Uh, 15. And you all know this verse. This is exactly what the psalmist is doing, what the Hebrew writer is saying here. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the what? The sacrifice of praise to God for how long? Continually. That is the fruit of our what? Giving thanks to his name. Folks, I think that really makes sense. This book never stops being my lamp and light. These words never stop bringing healing into my life. They never stop being my guide. So you guess, guess what needs to come from my lips? Eternal praise to the, to the author of this book. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? I don't want to go back and start this sermon all over again. Uh, but we should praise him continually because he guides us continually. What a beautiful thing God's word truly is for us. You see this where he worships. He worships because you're going to find in a minute he's going to make a, make, he's going to make a request. 
And you, you find here this, he's worshiping. That's why worship's so important. That's the reason the worship is so important in your personal life and even corporately. When we come to worship, what that is, what is, what's happening there in worship is we are opening our heart to him. Amen? That's what worship is. That's what praise is. We're opening our heart to him. And then after we worship, our, our hearts open. And an open heart is a lot easier to receive things than a closed heart. So let us worship Clear Springs Baptist Church. Let us never stop worshiping him. Because a worshiping heart is a heart that receives things from God. And never stop worshiping him as you go on and live in your home, as you raise your family, as you're in the workplace. Worship him because you're going to need to receive things from him every moment of every day. You need him. You don't just need him here, but you need him out there. So keep worshiping so you'll keep receiving. And that's what we see this model here in the psalmist. And um, as you look at verse 109 and verse, and one, uh, verse 110, my soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I err not from thy precepts. He says, my life is in my hand. You know what that's meaning? My life is in constant danger. <laughs> you can see a little bit of humor there, I think, a little bit. The saying is, you, try, you think you can take your life in your own hand, and I'm just, I'll just... I'll just do it myself. No, you're, you're going to really mess up, brother, sister. You're, you're going to make some big mistakes. Can we not learn from the first man, right? Let's just, let's just, we'll just do it. We'll put our life in our hand. We'll, 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 we'll do this thing. And here we are today battling sin and the devil. And so my life is in my hand. In other words, it's in my hand. But notice this. It's continually in my hand. There's continual danger all around me. Would you all agree there's always danger around you? As long as, as, long as, as man is around and the tempter is around and the flesh is here, hey, danger is lurking. There's an adversary lurking. There's always danger around us. That should really bring it, that should really humble the arrogant Christian. That doesn't make any sense, an arrogant Christian. That just shouldn't go together either. But I've met some. They're always right, they're never wrong. You know, they're just, they're, just, they're just arrogant. They just know what, what, you know, what life's all about. And they just, they, you know, it seems like they, they're never humble toward the Lord. I've, I've met people like that. Folks, I'll tell you right now, this very truth, there's danger always around me. Folks, that ought to humble us. I can't do this on my own. I don't have all the answers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to base my steps based on my IQ or just personal experience. Or just, you know, advice from someone. I want to base my steps and my life on this supreme guide called God's Word. The attacks of our enemy, uh, you know, our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's, it's spiritual. But many times he can, you know, manifest himself physically in a sense. Now, folks... If our enemy is not physical and our enemy is spiritual, he's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got weapons, does he not? Anybody ever been on the receiving end of the weapons of the enemy? Yeah, I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about all of his demonic you know, following. They have weapons. How foolish and how silly are we as Christians to think that I can battle a, 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 a divine enemy? 
You know, this, 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 this demonic uh, enemy was something physical. If I'm going to go to spiritual war, I need a spiritual weapon that's suited for that war. And can I tell you something? The Bible tells us in its own self-claim that this is the sword of the Spirit. Amen? This is our weapon to go into battle that every one of you are going to face every day. Whether it's just how you think, your speech, whatever it may be, you're, you've got a battle. You're being torn. Paul says, I... Things I know to do right, I'm not doing. Things I know not to do, I find myself. There is war. There's danger. We need this book called God's Word to guide us. As you go on, you'll see um, in verse 109, it says, I don't forget your law. Um, I don't want to lose my heart in this. I want to I conquer the enemy and, and those I face. And it must be done with a spiritual weapon. You look at verse 111, just coming down to the end of this. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Um, I noticed this in this verse. Thy testimonies, okay, thy words. And we talk about the word of God. We can talk about the spoken word, the written word, right? The word um, that's all-encompassing. He says, I have taken it as a heritage forever. You could also say an inheritance. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever received an inheritance? Say you've inherited a, a truck. And it was pretty good condition. We'll say pristine condition when you inherited it. And if you let that thing just sit there, is it going to stay pristine condition? Is the motor going to stay in pristine condition? Let's say you drive it all the time, but you never change the oil. It's not, you know, that, that, it's going to wear and tear, right? Run out of gas. I, what I'm saying, it's, 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 going to, it's going to be like my first truck that I still have. It's covered in rust. It's just covered, it's eat up with rust. It, you, you know, so you can, inherit, you can inherit a house. Oh, you can just set back when you're a homeowner, right? You all can laugh in church, by the way. If you're, if you're bored with your life and you have nothing to do, become a homeowner. You'll have plenty to do all the time. Right? Because you've got to keep it up. So say you inherited a home, you've got to keep it up. You've got you, 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 you to always check everything inside, outside, on top, underneath. You've always got to maintain it. But can I tell you something? The psalmist says your testimonies... Or like it's, I, have, I consider them in my own heart an inheritance to me. <clears throat> but it's not like that truck or that house you inherited. This, this book that, that we have inherited, this precious word of God, it stays pristine. I don't have to keep it up. I don't have to change the oil in it. Right? I, don't, I don't have to do any of those things to keep it the way it is. The, the, the Word of God, the, the, the brilliance of it, the, the, the cutting ability of this precious Word, the healing ability of this precious Word, it is self-sustaining. Why? Because the author is eternal. It's an eternal inheritance. It, it will never pass away. Yes, this physical copy, this English translation I have may one day not, not, not exist, but the Word Jesus himself is the word, the living law God. He will never go away. 
So what an inheritance to have something that will, is eternal. That's what this word is. It is an eternal, a forever inheritance. But like, can I tell you something? Do you see, let me ask you this question. Do you see God's word that way in your own life? The psalmist did. He's like, I realized I can't, I can't walk straight on my own. I need a light. God's word's my light. God's word restores me, keeps my heart, renews me. I need his word. I praise him for it. It's an inheritance to me. Do you see God's word as an inheritance to you? Is it that precious to you? You say, well, oh yeah, preacher, it is. Well, how, is it, oh, how often is it open? Well, it marks my pew at church. That's not the right answer. That's a closed book. The Bible's never meant to mark a pew. It's meant to guide your life. Is it your inherit? Is it your most precious possession? Your most precious possession, you're going to take care of it, you're going to value it, you're going to use it. Is God's word precious to you? In verse 111, it says, For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I'll say this. Now listen. I'll ask a question. I'll, ask, I'll do it this way. How many of you want to live a life of rejoicing? This is an easy, easy question to answer. Yes, I'll just answer it for you if you're going to be backward on me, as most Baptists sometimes are. Quiet and backward on me. Uh, but yes, I want to live a life of rejoicing. Well, here's what you cannot avoid, absolutely cannot avoid in your life, and it is this word. You can't. You cannot live a satisfied life as a Christian, as a believer, as, as one with the new birth. You cannot live rejoicing when you avoid his words. Yes, sometimes his word says you've got to cut things out of your life. There's some things that you need to add to your life, cut out of your life. This word leads you to a life of rejoicing. So if you want it and you said you did, you cannot avoid these words. You can't. You have to have them. And as we conclude in verse 112, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even until when? The end. Do you see the value of God's, of God's word to the psalmist? I will perform thy statutes always, even until the end. You know, this makes sense when you take into consideration all that he's already said. Oh, yes, I'm going I'm I'm to lean into this word. I'm going to value this word. I'm going to obey it and apply it all the way until my, my ticker stops ticking. When I'm gone, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to apply it. Because I believe what this book is. It's the living word of God. It's a living word for the living. Amen? It's a word that has the truth about the gospel to make you alive. And in the entirety of this book is for that now living soul. And then one day we'll live with the living word. You can't avoid the word as a Christian. Folks, when we get to heaven, we're going to rejoice because we're with the living word. So again, we're gonna re if you want to rejoice here, you got to have his word. If you want to go up there and rejoice, you need to know personally the word. You have a personal relationship with the word, and his name is Jesus. Folks, I'm telling you, we got to get a renewed perspective of God's word in our life. Let us never, ever, as, as a church, put a, 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 
the, the word as a minor aspect of what we do. Folks, it is the center of what we do. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. So I'll, in conclusion, I'll ask Miss, Miss Arbor to come. We'll have a song of invitation. I don't know how this message has impacted you. I pray that you searched your heart. You know, how have I viewed God's word in my life? Is, is my Bible more closed than open? Have I just been robbing myself of rejoicing in my life? Have I been given, you know, have I been um, allowing people's words and things to just control me and just, you know, just not, just letting, letting this book just lay off to the side and just, folks, I tell you, I really think we will enjoy life more if we keep this book open more. Amen? Folks, let me ask you this as, as, as you stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Miss Arbor, if you will just play softly. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment.